This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. So, so blessed. So blessed. We're going to look at John chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 1 through 18. Uh, If you want a title, you can call it Wrong Lane. Verse 1, it says, Jesus knew the Pharisees heard that he had been baptizing, making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them. uh, The disciples did. Verse 3, so he left Judea and returned to Galilee, and he had to go through Samaria on his way. And the truth is this, that he really didn't have to do this. If you look at Jewish times and you look at Jewish culture, um, they had an alternate route. They did not want to go through Samaria. Uh, the Jews and the Samaritans were at odds with each other. They fought over land and culture, and actually the Jews had found a different route. Actually, it took 16 miles around to go not to go through Samaria. So when it said they had to go through Samaria, that's not actually the truth. It was a choice that Jesus was making. Verse 5, eventually he came to a Samaritan village near the field of Jacob, had given to his son Joseph. Jo- uh, Jacob's well was there, and Jesus was tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water. Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. And we got to understand in this day, in this time, in this culture, this didn't happen. Jewish men didn't talk to women, let alone Samaritan women, nor did a Jewish rabbi, Jesus, would ever address a woman in that time. This is also an interesting picture that she came at noontime. Women would come in the morning to draw water, but this woman, as we'll find out, is in a different situation, and I'm sure she's a bit of an outcast, and she has been you know, put into a different class, and she is now drawing water later in the afternoon. It says this, verse 7. Um, verse 7. Soon the Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because the disciples had gone to the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. I think this verse is so key to us that there are times that we are so close to Jesus, we're so close to the presence of God, and God is going, will you just please reach out to me? My grace is all your soul needs. And I understand this. This has been a a trying season for me. This was a trying week. Um, Thank you for everyone who prayed uh, for me as I uh, celebrated my mom going to heaven on Wednesday. but it's, it's just so awesome. It's just so awesome to know that you can walk through anything in this life with the grace of God. You can handle anything in this life through his grace and his strength. And you can see 
what God is doing. And this is what Jesus is speaking into this woman. Verse 11 says, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you go to get this living water? Verse 12. And besides, do you think that you are greater than our ancestors Jacob who gave us this well? How could you offer better water than he had for his sons and for his animals he enjoyed? But Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again because it is fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And she says, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. Again, she, she's totally, it's like, it's just like everything is flying over her head right now, you know? Like, she's like just thinking about the well and thinking about coming every day, and Jesus is trying to touch her soul. Jesus is trying to get to the core of her identity, trying to minister life to her. I know, even this little baby understands. Verse 16, Jesus says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. She replies, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. Wow. Verse 18, for you have five husbands. And they aren't even, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here today. We ask in the name of Jesus that you'd bring revelation and understanding to our souls today so that we can live in the freedom that you bought for us, Jesus. That we can walk in obedience, that we can walk in the things that you have for us in 2019, and we wouldn't miss them, but that we would attack them and run towards them and live the life you called us to live. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody agree. Said? Amen. I want to ask you a question this morning. Have you ever picked the, long, the wrong lane? I've spent a lot of time in the last month waiting in line. Can I get an amen from anybody? You spend a lot of time in lines, okay? Now, I don't know about you, okay? But when I'm searching for a line to get into at the store, I become a master analyzer at that moment. You know what I mean? Like, I am analyzing, okay, who are the people in the lines that I'm looking at right now? You know what I mean? Like, do they look slow? You know what I mean? Do they look upset? You know, my biggest thing is I look for talkers. I'm like, that is not my line. I do not want the talky lady line. You know what I mean? And then I start analyzing the cashiers because I want to see, like, is this cashier happy or are they angry? Like, you know what I mean? Like, have you ever had the angry cashier? You're like, hey, how are you doing? They're like, I hate my life. I've been here for 10 hours, you know? And you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for you. You're a blessing today, you know? And, and so I'm a master analyzer of lines. And I don't know what it is, but uh, for some reason, God has stricken me to pick the wrong line every time. Can I get an amen from anybody, okay? He is teaching me patience as I stand 
in line. Like the other day, I, I, it was right before Christmas. I literally, what did I have? I had some, I think, ibuprofen. Like one thing, and I mean, every line is like packed, and I find this one line, and there's a guy, and he, he, he had like nothing there. And I was like, oh, praise Jesus. And I ran to the line, and this guy must have bought every freaking gift card Meyer had, I promise you. I mean, and I mean, I was just like, is this real, Lord? You know, like, Thank you, Jesus, for grace, you know. So uh, we're looking at a story here where we have a woman who has picked the wrong line, and she's actually picked the wrong line multiple times, like over and over again. There's, there's just so much going on in this story. I, I literally could preach for a month or two just on this passage. I mean, we have Jesus. He wants us to understand why he has come to the world. So he directly goes through Samaria because he wants his followers, the ones that would establish the church, to know and to understand, I didn't just come for the Jews. I came for everyone. And so I'm going to deliberately go to Samaria where it is uncomfortable for me, uncomfortable for you, uncomfortable for our people, and I'm going to show you that we're going to bring the love and grace to the whole entire world. Can I get an amen from somebody? Thank you, Jesus, that we're a part of that. He came for broken and lost people. I think when the disciples came back from trying to get food, the Bible says it looks like they are confused. Jesus is talking to a woman, but a Samaritan woman, and not even a righteous Samaritan woman, a woman that has tons of issues. Jesus is making it clear, my purpose of coming to the earth was to redeem what was broken. Jesus comes to redeem us so that we could live in relationship with him. I mean, we got that going on. We have Jesus talking about how he comes to bring life and life to the full. We have Jesus talking about purpose. We have Jesus calling out sin. We have Jesus, you know, later in the, in the passage, Jesus starts talking to this woman about worship, talking about how we worship not uh, just as, a, as an outward experience, but we worship in spirit and in truth. And then he starts giving this woman credibility and validity in that day. Day and time, Jesus is changing perspectives. There's so much happening in this story, but today we're going to look at this one thing. How Jesus makes it blatantly obvious that this woman has picked the wrong lane. And this is something that the Lord has been doing very, very clearly in me of late, showing me how there's been times in 2018 that I'm picking the wrong lane. And I, and I want to make this abundantly clear. I grew up in church with hellfire and brimstone. Anybody else relate to me? Okay. And I can't tell you how many times I left church thinking like, oh, Jesus, I am going to spend at least 15 minutes in hell. At least, you know, like. Like, God is at least going to dip me in there, you know, just, you know, just make me aware of the idiot that I was, you know. And I looked at my relationship with the Lord through fear. Now, I am a firm believer in a healthy fear of the Lord. Can I get an amen from anybody? 
I think there's a lack of the fear of the Lord in our day and culture. I mean, I mean, I love Jesus. And I might fight him sometimes, but I won't fight him long. Because I want what he wants. And we need that kind of spirit in our hearts, in our lives. But God never intended for us to fear him. God never intended us to operate out of fear. Because the reality and the truth is this. You can operate out of fear for just so long. And then eventually you just give up. You're just like, I, this is, I, I can't do this. And that's never God's heart and intention. But God will reveal things to us sometimes and call out some things. And, and, and it's amazing being called out. I'll never forget one time I got, I got called out. We had this, um, this meeting that we would have. It was called Caleb's Core. It was on Sunday afternoons. It was at 4 o'clock. Jess is laughing. We spent so many Sunday afternoons in Caleb's Core. It was a leadership, student leadership meeting. And, and, um, and we would talk about different things. Um, and I'll never forget that that Sunday that I got called out because Pastor Jer wanted to honor me for the way that, that I had gone out and I took, I took a bunch of kids. Listen, when I was a youth pastor, I was just crazy. I didn't care. I mean, literally didn't care. I remember I took like 50 kids and we went to a movie theater and we went to a mall and we were like passing out flyers to our youth group, telling people about Jesus, getting kicked out of malls, getting kicked out of, you know, movie theaters, all kinds of stuff. And Pastor Jeremy brought me up and he was like, man, Jeff is just doing such a great job to, uh, you know, spread the gospel. And I was like, yeah. You know what I mean? Anybody ever had that moment before you get called out and you're just like, thank you, Jesus. I really needed that. That ministered to me. Now, on the contrary, have you ever been called out and exposed for your failures? Anybody in the house outside of me? Okay. There's like two of us. The rest of you are lying and God sees you all. Okay. All right. Now, I don't know about you, but those are not fun moments. Those are not moments that, you know, I think back upon fondly most of the time. And here we have Jesus exposing her sin and exposing her failures and exposing all this junk in her soul, okay? And I think so often we think, oh, sweet, kind baby Jesus would never expose my failures, right? And we have the complete opposite here right now. We have Jesus, the Son of God, meeting this woman, and he's calling her out. I think it's funny that sometimes God will blatantly do this to us, not because he's angry with us, I think I need you to see that. When Jesus is interacting with, one, with this woman, it's not out of anger or frustration. Remember the things that he said to her before he called out the sin. He's talking about life. He's talking about satisfying her soul. He's talking about giving her a richness inside of her that will last forever. Jesus is not angry with her. Jesus is not angry with me. Jesus is not frustrated with us. But Jesus also says, I want you to experience the life that I have for you. 
can we, can we, yeah, thank you, Jess, my wife. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, the life that Jesus has for you, not the life that you've planned out, there's a very different thing. There's a life that we want to live according to our flesh and our desires and what we desire. And then there's a life that Jesus has. And he goes, listen, if you'll just trust me, this life that I have planned out for you is so much better than anything you could ever think, hope, or imagine. And so sometimes the Lord will just kind of hold up a mirror to us. Okay, and that's what he's doing to this woman. This happened to me, okay? So let me tell you a little story. December 22nd, okay, I'm taking a shower. Please don't envision that, okay? All right? And um, I have ESPN on, as I do a lot of times, and it's just kind of background noise. And they're doing this story about Philip Rivers. He's a quarterback in the NFL, L.A. Chargers, and they're doing a really interesting piece on Philip Rivers. It's not even like a sports piece. It's a piece about like his faith and his trust in Jesus. So I'm like kind of perked up, you know, I'm like brushing my teeth, kind of listening, you know, and 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 all of a sudden they start talking about how like Philip Rivers never curses. And now I'm like really intrigued. You know what I mean? I'm like, wow, like ever. And I mean, they're like, you know taking moments, like game film moments on the field, and he's like, darn it, you know what I mean? And he's just, I, mean, I mean, he's in the middle of an NFL football game, and he's like, darn it, dang it, you know what I mean? And I'm like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I feel like such a sitter right now, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I am just the worst. And they're interviewing him about it, and they're like, you know, talking to him about, like, why don't you ever curse? And he's like, you know, my dad was a pastor. We never used those kind of words in our house. And, and he's like, you know, I'm just trying to glorify God on the field. And, and I'm just like, oh, Jesus, you know, I'm just like, oh, Lord, Lord, help me, you know. So December 22nd. We'll move to December 23rd, okay, the very next day. The Chicago Bears, my Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears, okay, play the San Francisco 49ers, okay? And, and I need you to understand something about me, okay? Like, I, I am a fan, and I don't know what you associate in your brain about a fan, but I am a, like, crazy fan. Yeah, look at this, okay? I have Chicago Bear socks on, okay? All right, listen, listen, all right? I mean, I am what you call a Homer fan. I don't know if you ever heard of this term, a homer, meaning like every year I believe it is our year. You know what I mean? Like every year I'm like, it is the year the Lord has made, okay? I mean, all, I mean, to, to the degree that many of my passwords, oh my gosh, what am I doing, okay? Many of my passwords are usually something about the bears and that year, and then once that year is over, I change the year because, you know, I'm like, okay, well, now obviously next year is the year. You know what I mean? Like, people come to my house, and they're like, what's your Wi-Fi password? I'm like, Bears 2018, exclamation point. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, okay, yeah. Okay? I mean, this, this like, runs deep in my soul. The Lord is working out many things in me. Jess said to me last night, we were going to bed, she said, do you need me and the boys to watch the game upstairs uh, so that you can be by yourself today downstairs, okay? And I was like, uh, no, no, we'll be okay. Like, li listen, like, look, like, like, the Bears players to me 
are like family members, okay? That's, I mean, that's, that is how deep this, this goes into my soul, okay? And so it is December 23rd, and I am watching the Bears game with my middle son, Ben, okay? Because now, listen, you got to understand, my oldest son, Michael, he's 13, and, and from the time he was little, we've called him the Holy Spirit. He is literally the Holy Spirit of our house. I mean, he will call us out on anything. He'll be like, Dad, you shouldn't say that. Dad, you shouldn't do that. I'm like, why did God put you in my life, you know? And, <laughs> and he's the Holy Spirit of our house. So Michael has given up all hope of watching Bears games with me. Like, he just goes upstairs you know, plays the guitar. He can't stand me in those moments, okay? But my middle son, Ben, like, loves the Bears, loves his dad, okay? So we're, like, sitting there watching the game. And I'm, like, thinking about the Phillips Rivers, you know, thing that I watched the other day. And I'm like, all right, I am going to be a good boy today, and I'm going to be a good dad today. I'm going to watch this game, like, just under control because that's a fruit of the Spirit, right? You know, and so... I'm watching the game, and, like, everything's good until the fourth quarter. The game gets a little tight. We're driving down. My man, Mitchell Trubisky, runs out of the pocket and slides. You're down. He's down. And, and somebody, which I won't name from the 49ers, hits him in the head, okay? Now, remember when I said they are like a family member. Like, Mitchell Trubisky is like a son to me, okay? He is like an adopted son, you know, okay? Ben is sitting on my lap. Ben goes flying. I mean, he just like flies, you know what I mean? And I have run to the TV. And I am like number one to the 49ers. And I'm like, you know, bad word, bad word, bad word, bad word. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, and they're like, the players are getting in the fight. I'm like, yes. Like, I have lost all control, you know. I've lost everything. I'm like, yes, fight. Take your helmets off, you know. And then what happens? Ben goes upstairs. And what does God do? He shines a mirror. And he goes, what are you doing? Pick the wrong lane. And I'm like, oh, gosh. I called Ben downstairs. And I sat him down. And I, and I legitimately said, listen, I am so sorry. Dad made a mistake. I believe in this. Like, our kids should never think that we're 100% right, because we're not. And I just apologize to him. I apologize to the Lord. You know, I, I make this joke. I get saved every Sunday after the Bears game over again. But it's amazing times in our life where God will hold up a mirror and go, you're picking the wrong lane. And it's not because he's mad at us. It's not because he's upset at us. It's because he's going, I have so much more for you. I have so much more I want to do in you. I have so much more I want to do in your family. I have more for you. This is why the word of God is so important. And this is why the enemy fights us so hard to not be in the word of God. 
Because the word of God is life. It is literally life. I, I don't even truly know how to uh, explain it, but the word says it cuts to the very depths of who we are between the joint marrow of who God made us, and it speaks to our souls, and the word of God challenges us, and the word of God breathes life into us, and that's why the enemy fights us so hard to not be in the word of God, because the word of God is so rich and it's so true. Right before Christmas, I was reading the word. I was reading this verse, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 2. It says, don't judge others. Do not judge others, or, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will judge others. The Lord is holding a mirror to me. He's going, son, I love you, but you have an opinion about everybody and everything in your heart. Can I get an amen from anybody? You know what I'm talking about? We all have an opinion about all of our friends and our families and our coworkers and the people we're close to. And we all think that we know what is best and they don't know what is best and what we're doing is right and what they're doing is wrong. Sometimes the Lord holds up a mirror, Romans chapter 12. Man, the Lord kicked my butt with this. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 21. It says this, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard. Serve the Lord with enthusiasm. Verse 12, rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. Keep on praying. Verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to participate in hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. I'm like, no, Jesus, that cannot be something that you said, you know. Bless those who persecute you. Don't cause, uh, don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy. Weep with those who weep, verse 16. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Don't think that you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave it to the righteous anger of God. For he says this, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Verse 20, instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame upon their head. Verse 21, don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing what is good. I don't know about you, but when I read that, man, my soul is super challenged. Man, the Lord holds up a mirror. One of the things the Lord spoke to me about going into 2019, he said, listen, this is the year that we don't judge. And you go, man, how do, what are you talking about? You're you're Pastor Jeff, and you, you love everybody. Yeah, but that, I'm still human. Okay? I'm still human. I, I still have thoughts and opinions. But bless God, sometimes my thoughts and my opinions 
need to be subject to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit wants and what the Holy Spirit thinks. And, and the Lord just said to me, he said, I want you to see every individual that you come into contact in in 2019 through my grace and not who they are today, but for who they're going to be because of my grace and my strength and what I'm doing in their life. I'm working in their life just like I'm working in your life, Jess. Just walk. Don't judge. I remember the Lord in, in, in Romans said, listen, don't pretend to just love others. I think this is so important. Listen, that's you, Ryan, right? Ryan? Ryan Erdo? Yes. I love you, man. I love you so much. Me, I mean, I've been bugging Ryan Erdo like crazy. I call him every day. I'm sure he's blocked my number by now. You know what I mean? Um, and, and we've been working on this on this deal for this building. And and tomorrow, I, I'm we're probably 99% sure that we're going to have an agreement tomorrow. And 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 then after that agreement, we have about 20 days. So we got to do a bunch of title work and insurance stuff and inspections and stuff. But bless God. I believe that we're going to have, we're going to take possession of that property on in February, and then we're going to have our first service on Easter Sunday 2019 in our new facility. Can we give it up for Jesus? I mean, it just, it's just so, it's just so exciting, so exciting. God is, God, I can just feel, I can just feel people I have not met yet, but we haven't met yet, that needs the love and the grace of God. And, and we're going to be at the right place at the right time for them. Thank you, Jesus. But one of the things that the Lord has spoken to me about 2019, let's just, let's love people. Like, like, like let's really love people. Like, if we see somebody hurting, let's be the hands and feet of Jesus. If they need somewhere to stay, let's invite them to our house. If they need a meal, let's bless them with a meal. If they, if they need us to go above and beyond and show them what Jesus really, truly looks like, let's be full of the Holy Spirit. And let's take the Holy Spirit and show them with open arms, not just what we say God is, but let's show them who God is. Doug told my, Doug, guy, one of the, Doug Shannon, he's in our church. He said to me the other day, he said, I have, I have a neighbor, and he's an atheist, and, and, and he's got a couple kids that are really sick, and they've been in the hospital, and he's like, he's like I just want to do some meals for them. And I said, Doug, I'll do a meal. And he said, no, you're way too busy. You have so much on your plate. I said, I am never too busy to love somebody. I'm never too busy to care for somebody. I'm never too busy to show somebody the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's really love people this year. I love Romans. It said, let's bless those who persecute you. I don't know about you, but this is really tough for me. Really tough for me. You know, I, it's funny. So many of you have asked, you know, like, where are we at in the building? And I'm like, we're getting there, and, and I mean, this has been like a seven-month process. It's been a long, long process, and it's been a long process because there's been some really just, I won't go into it, some really shady people. 
And, I mean, listen, I, I told Ryan the other day, I'm like, bless your soul, Ryan, because you hear my rants. You know, I'll call him, I'll be like, we're going to burn their house to the ground in Jesus' name. You know, I'm just like, I'm just like, I am, I am done with these people. And I'm like, I, I remember one day I told her, I told Ryan, I was, I was so mad. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to pray. I was like, God will eliminate them off the earth. So that's what's, that's what needs to happen, you know. I struggle with this. And God goes, bless people. Bless the people who persecute you. Bless the people who fail you. Bless the people that frustrate you and annoy you and get under your skin. I want you to bless those people. There's just something about living with a clean heart. There's something about it. There's something about when I get into this room and those same people that I say those things, I start praying for them. And I ask God to bless them. And I ask God to favor them. And I ask God to just pour out his goodness upon it. And all of a sudden, my soul is free. All of a sudden, my, my soul is full of joy. My soul is full of life. I can feel the grace of God upon my life as I release life upon them. I love this. Romans said, don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Just get my hair cut right before Christmas. I had all three of the boys, okay? And, and I'm at Rob's. I don't know if Rob is here today, but Rob comes to our church. And Rob is just a fantastic, amazing guy. I met Rob a couple years ago. I remember the first time I sat down in his barbershop, and the Lord told me, he was like, you are here because Rob needs me. And I, I just, I love Rob. I love his son. I, I love him so much. And I'm in Rob's, and he's cutting my hair. And, and this old guy, this old guy comes in, like white, long hair, and he is filthy. I mean, he is, like, filthy, and he has no shoes on. His, his feet are, like, as black as night. And Rob knows him. And, like, the guy, like, owns a farm and owns, like, a couple businesses, and he's just a goofy old guy. Have you ever met anybody like this in your life? They're just, like, just super, like, goofy out of there, okay? And, I mean, my first thought in, like, you know, 2018, 2019 is, like, Oh, my gosh, protect my children, protect my children. You know what I mean? Like, you know? And, and, I'm, sitting, and I'm sitting there, and, and Luke, number one, hates getting his hair. Luke is sitting in the other barber chair across, just sitting there. And this old guy looks at him, and he goes, like this. And he, like, he like creeps over, you know what I mean? And he grabs Luke. And Luke is, like, looking at him, like, in terror, you know what I mean? Just terror, you know? And instantly the Lord said to me, don't you do a thing. Don't you call this man out. I want you to show the same grace to him as you would show to anybody else. And I looked at Luke and I said, you're fine. And I looked at the man and I'm like, you're funny. And I was like, you're funny. We're so hyper in 2019. Sometimes we just, we need to be okay with people. Not everybody thinks like you. Not everybody looks like you. That's okay. That's all right. Like, really hear that. Like, really understand that. 
Listen, we're going to have a bunch of people that are going to come into our church and they're not going to act like us or talk like us or look like us and their family's not going to react like us. That's okay. Like God really loves them. He really cares about them. And we, the people of God, have to be full of the word of God and we have to be full of the presence of the Lord so that we can interact in this world in a new way. And this is what Jesus was bringing to this woman. He was calling out the sin, not because he was mad at her, because he wanted her to live the life that he had for her. And when Jesus takes the word of God and he flips the mirror and we look at our life and we go, oh my gosh, God, that is totally me. It's not because God is frustrated at you. So God's going, I want to give you life so that you can extend my life. When your soul is full, it will flow out of you. The goodness of God will literally just manifest out of you and touch other people's lives. Matthew chapter 7, worship team, you guys can come on up. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, Jesus said this. You can enter the kingdom of God only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gates are wide for many who choose that way. Verse 14. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and its road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. I believe that Jesus finds this woman who is utterly lost. And so often, I think when we hear the story of the woman in the well, we just think of like lost, lost people. And we don't put ourselves into the story. When I read the story of the woman in the well, I'm like, I'm that woman. I Because isn't it amazing in this story of the woman of the well, this woman starts talking to Jesus, to Jesus about her ancestors and her way and her culture. And she starts talking to Jesus about what she knows and her wisdom and what she thinks is this well and worship and all these things. She's talking to the creator of the heavens and the earth, trying to explain to him What's going on? And I think so often we're that woman. We're stuck in our ways. We're stuck in our cultures. We're stuck in the ways that we were brought up or, or, or we're stuck in the way that we do something. And the Lord goes, listen, I want to give you revelation. I want to give you life. I want to fill you in a new way. And here's this woman, she's so lost. She's so lost. And Jesus comes to her and he goes, I have a really narrow path. But the narrow path leads to this life that is fresh and it's bubbling up and you will have eternal life. This is what Jesus brings to us. And I believe that this is what Jesus is bringing to us in 2019. He's going, listen. I don't want you to continue to pick the wrong lane. I got some lanes that are gonna be a little different, they're a little more narrow, they're a little more difficult, but they're full of life. They're full of life. 
And if you'll pick this lane, you'll experience everything I had intended for you. Stop picking the broad lane, the wide lane. My heart is to pick the narrow lane in 2019. My heart is to pick the lanes that God has established for me in 2019. I believe this for if you're an individual, if you're married, no matter what season of life, no matter how old or young, you are alive and breathing for a reason, and God has direct roads that he wants you to travel on in 2019. He's set up. It's going to be good for you, but it's going to be good for those around you in Jesus' name. Amen? Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.